1: Hello and welcome to another episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares, your host. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. Today is a special part two of a series that I invited Conrad Somm to do with me. Conrad is the CEO of Mockingbird Marketing. Got him coming back to talk to us a little bit more about internet marketing. Before we get started, though, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Ross Intelligence, the legal research platform that leverages AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Go to rossintelligence.com for a 14-day free trial. We want to thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this episode. If you're a law firm looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, make sure and call 866-827-5568. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio, and make sure to check out their Daily Matters podcast, featuring valuable perspectives on legal in the COVID-19 era. Listen to daily matters at Cleo.com forward slash daily or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit LawClerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. Hey Conrad, you're back!
2: I'm back.
1: Well, We're, back. For We're back. We're back for
2: more.
1: We're back for more. This is just such a great topic, and I get so many questions from lawyers. So I'm going to start emailing them to you for your podcast <laughs> because you have a podcast now on Legal Talk Network. Tell us more.
2: Yep. So Geet Sakalakis and I are doing the lunch hour legal marketing podcast. He was very gracious and decided to help me out. We've been talking forever <laughs> together. You guys are and- good buddies. We are, you know, what's the funny thing is he and I should hate each other.
1: Um, We should,
2: we should be vicious competitors and hate each other. But the reality is, and this is going to come across, I can't come across as anything but arrogant when I say this, there's a small cadre of legal marketers that frankly deserve the job. And we tend to hang out. We tend to know each other and we tend to be client first and we do the right things. And so We don't really need to be vicious competitors. We can be really good friends. And that's how it's worked with him and I for a long time.
1: I say that all the time about my colleagues when people say, well, who are your competitors? I say, I don't really have competitors because we all have to help each other out. This market is so big. There's so much room for legal technology experts, whether it's in marketing or consulting, that we are all really good friends. Every once in a while, I get a law firm that shops me for, it's almost always a NetDocs implementation and I will know who they've already reached out to (laughs) because we're all friends and we sort of have to ask each other questions or get each other's help. So I'm really glad to hear that. But you know, I'll tell you this
2: though, the best way to get really amazing service from Guy or me or one of the other group of friends that we have is to pit us against each other. with (laughs) clients.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious
2: because we're, we're type A idiots, but yeah.
1: No, that's fun. So in our last podcast, I was trying to get us on some basic stuff, but we were having such a good conversation about just sort of maybe getting ready to leave a big law firm and go out on your own or really starting to focus on creating your presence online. And you gave us a bunch of great tips for thinking ahead, for making sure that you claim profiles across the world, just to help make sure that your name search, which was a term that we talked about, which is someone searching specifically for your name, not necessarily for personal injury lawyer in Omaha. So we covered some, I think, really good tips over there, and I want to bring it back a little bit more to just website and thinking about some terms and when to right. hire a marketer. So we also talked about SEO and sort of talking about search engine optimization and how it's evolved and it's a, an art and a science. It's And I, I'll say this as someone who spends a lot of time with legal marketers, SEO is not typically something that a lawyer should take on their own. There might be a time when you decide to hire someone for help to help you with that SEO. I have always said, it's a science. It's really a difficult art form these days, a science and an art, getting SEO to work at a price point that somebody wants it to work. Can you speak a little bit to that?
2: Well, I think the biggest piece that's missed, and it's missed by agencies, it's it's missed by agencies as well as clients, Every SEO expert, ninja, maven, whatever they wanna call themselves, thinks every client can have success in SEO. And that's actually not the case. Sometimes, we, and not even sometimes, 40% of the time, I'll sit down with a new law firm and I'll be like, you should just forget even playing in this game. This is a marathon, not a sprint, and your sneakers are still in the box and there are people rounding <laughs> the final aid station, right? And so don't bother. I, I'm so it's true story. I'm doing dealing with two of these right now. I have a, a a new lawyer starting out, doing PI, opening offices in two massive markets. Like, don't even bother. Don't, don't even bother.
1: You're too late to the game.
2: And then I have another client. I'm I'm literally was working on this RFP this morning, where they were like, our SEO budget is five and a half thousand dollars a month, and based on where they are and what they do,
1: it's not enough.
2: I, I said, so this. is this is the the worst pitch you could ever give. I I told them they should put their money in PPC. Like, don't even bother. You're so far behind. And they're like, yeah, but we used to be great. And I was like, I know, it's a race. Everyone has passed you. You guys have sat the last, you know, four years out and, and it's gone. Like, I can't catch up. I, I just can't catch yeah. up for
1: And you. I think that's such an honest thing to tell people. And it's so hard for them to understand. I think because for so long, lawyers have been hearing from different marketing agencies, we'll get you on the front. Like it's easy, but it's not easy. It may have been easy 12 and 15 years ago. I don't think it's easy today.
2: It's brutal. It's brutal. So um, Carolyn Elephant and I have had this conversation. She talks about how SEO has become the new back cover of the yellow pages it just is so expensive and by the way this you I need I cannot stress this enough all of this is dependent on how competitive it, it is and what what most law firms aren't thinking about are what are the nuances where it's not competitive and nuance could be language right I can tell you I have a couple of the country's most successful polish language legal websites true Right. And they don't need to compete in English because they can win in Polish. Right. (laughs) Um, Now, you might be like, small market. Yeah. But for a small law firm, that's, that's game all the market. Like, that's all we need. So we're going to dominate that. It can also be geographic. You are, I have a client who's in the panhandle of Oklahoma. We did an amazing job for him like five years ago. He calls me every six months with some new idea that he wants to run by me. And that's it. Like, that's all we do because we've got, he's, he has the best legal website in, I don't know, 50 miles, right? And so that works for him. You can also have a very, very specific niche. We have a, a couple of our clients, and I love these. Yeah. A couple of our clients are very, very obscure components of the law. And they've got seven or eight competitors nationwide, and we kill it for them because they've only got seven or eight competitors right. nationwide.
1: Well, I was just I was helping a lawyer in San Diego a few months ago, and she is... Estate planning lawyer. How do I get on Google? I said, (laughs) Go, you're a brand new lawyer in a pretty big market, San Diego. Said, You're not getting on Google without paying for it, but can you niche your practice? Right. She's like, What do you mean? I said, Well, I never see anybody pitching estate planning to young parents. I go, Why don't you become the lawyer in town for young married couples who don't think about estate planning? So, I mean, I was just trying to give her an idea of how to create a niche of any of any sort because you can't just be an estate planning lawyer and expect to be found.
2: And so the key there is as soon as if you niche within a market. And by the way, I want to hit one other point before we go into yes, this. Yes, don't forget. Depending on what you do, it's actually it's it's achievable. Divorce, immigration, they tend to do better. Uh, estate planning frankly in a, in a smaller city is is achievable. So like if you're in a smaller city or if you're not doing PI or criminal defense like SEO can play into the mix, right, nice. depending on where you are. So, so don't. I don't want to throw everything out. Like SEO is terrible for everyone. I've just recently had so many experiences with people thinking they can go to, you know, top of top of Google and PI in, you know, downtown Atlanta. And it's right. like, I don't, know, I don't know how to help you here. Um, <laughs> but the niching is very fascinating because if you can niche yourself within a market or within a type of practice or a language – what happens there, there's this great book. This is like a very old business book called Selling the Invisible by a guy named Harry Beckwith. I've got like 10 copies on my shelf right here. I send out to people all the time. When you are the the estate planning attorney for young parents.
1: That's a good idea, your,
2: right? Your that's market, it's a great idea, right? Your market becomes it, like, like your, your prospects are thinking about am I a young parent or not? And if I'm a young parent, this is the right person for me. Right. If I'm not, it's the wrong person for me and that's fine. Beckwith says the the more narrow your focus, the more broad your appeal, right? And, so and it makes people want you more. And well, so this it works I'm from an a great SEO example perspective too. Yeah. Of
1: legal technology. I don't just do technology consulting or IT. I do very specific legal technology consulting, and you're right, my scope is broad or my reachability is broader because of that
2: because of the focus. I, yeah. I believe this very, Beckwith's book is fantastic. It's a great awesome. read. Well, that's a yeah. good
1: recommendation right there. Hey, let's take a quick minute and listen to some messages from some sponsors before I come back and ask you a few more questions. Artificial intelligence won't outpace lawyers anytime soon, but lawyers who use AI are already outpacing lawyers who do not. With Ross Intelligence, lawyers conducting legal research leverage AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Ask a question on the Ross Legal Research Platform, and Ross will return on Point Case Law. Go to rossintelligence.com today and get a 14-day free trial. Use promo code LEGALTALK for 10% off. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Signing up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code NEWSOLO to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. Okay, we're back with Conrad Sam from Mockingbird Marketing. And Conrad has a new podcast too on the Legal Talk Network, which I will happily pitch and encourage you to go subscribe to called Lunch Hour... Legal Marketing. Legal Marketing. (laughs) I wasn't sure if Lunch Hour, if Legal was in there. Tell me... Let's go back a little bit. We spent a lot of sure. time talking about directories and 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 trying to get found and searches, but let's go back to a basic website.
2: Sure. So a,
1: a basic I'm i I'm a, getting ready to go out on my own. I've started the the strategic process of getting my practitioner page on Google My Business Set. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the previous episode. I've claimed my profiles on LinkedIn, on Avvo, on all the free directories I can. And now I'm just going to have a website built. And I'm going to assume, are you a WordPress pusher as much as anybody? I'm a
2: WordPress pusher. Okay. I would say if you are using anyone. So, like
1: what happens when somebody comes to you and they say, I'm going to build my website on Wix or Squarespace.
2: So here, this, is my, this is my caveat to WordPress. If you're going to do it yourself, Go spend 19 bucks and learn WordPress. But if you don't want to do that and you're in an uncompetitive market and you have a way to get people to your website through advertising or something like that and you build something in Wix or, or, or Squarespace, like, okay. It's fine. Okay. I don't love it. It's not what I would do, but it's okay. Do it yourself. Okay. What you should never do, never pay a professional to build you a Wix website. <laughs> That's okay. like hiring my you know, daughter to, to, to do your portrait. I
1: just
2: don't (laughs) do that. Um, and so, you know, WordPress, for me, WordPress is where it is, but you have to think about like, if, if you, if you're going to run advertising and you want a really cheap website, right? Because you're going to run advertising to it. That's fine, right? Um now there there are limitations there. Like I, I, I don't like going the Wix Squarespace kind of route. I just don't.
1: Yeah, but- I don't either. I think I just look, you're much more diplomatic than I am. I, I just tell them to go to WordPress. I mean, it's the standard platform. You're gonna find the most plugins. Most people are familiar with using it. When you wanna grow it or shrink it or change it, you're gonna have a lot easier time on WordPress. So I'm a WordPress pusher.
2: Yeah. No, I, I mean, I mean, you really should it's it's professional versus unprofessional. So so you're on WordPress. I think for me the key here is don't get, especially for a solo, especially starting out, don't get really wrapped up in the most amazing dramatic website. A lot of people tell me I don't want a cookie cutter website. I was like, every website cu-? is cookie cutter. It's 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 it's, it's and we have a cookie cutter budget, right? I'm We're sorry. making cookies here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's some, okay. there's some stuff that's out there. There's some stuff I, I look at. So let, let me, let me put into into financials. If you've got 10 grand to spend
1: a month I or a year rock,
2: period, right? This is, this is, this is my, my, budget. it doesn't, for, okay. for my purposes here, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. If okay. you've got 10 grand to spend, I want you to spend as little as possible as you can on a website, especially if you're starting out and as much as possible driving people to that website, as long as that site doesn't turn people off. Sometimes, like I looked, I look at sites all all the time. Sometimes you look at a website and you're like, wow, if I ever landed on this website, there's no way I'm calling Fred because Fred (laughs) clearly can't afford a website. So he can't be a good lawyer. That happens.
1: That's how I am. And when I see an attorney with an at AOL website right on their homepage, you pretty much bet that I'm not going to refer them. Even after somebody referred me to refer them, I go to their website and I think, well, I'm not going to send a friend to that Website, because one, it is terrible, but two, they have an AOL email address.
2: Don't have AOL, don't have Yahoo, don't even week. have Gmail. Have your no, own bloody get your own email address.
1: Which, You're professional. There's a term you mentioned earlier that I want to go back to in our previous podcast. You said vanity term, or did you say vanity URL? But I want you to tell me what that or those are.
2: I talked about vanity search. It's kind of a pejorative. Oh, um, for your name search. Yeah. Okay. So, like and a lot of people will search themselves and see how they. Uh, this is a pejorative term that SEOs use because it really annoys us when you start searching for yourself or searching for this out of the other thing and thinking that that's what represents what other people see when they're looking for you. And it's, it just doesn't represent it. It's a stupid waste of your time.
1: Oh, well, that's not bad. I mean, it's good advice. I don't know if it's pejorative. I mean, it's the word vanity. You're not like dropping an F bomb or anything. Um, is. Is it important for me to have my last name in my URL for my law firm?
2: No, not at all. Um, And so
1: I can have a name search that I've been working on for three or four months before I even go out on my own or launch my law firm. And then when I'm going to decide on my law firm URL, because if you have, like you said in our last conversation, a common last name, it's going to be hard to find a URL for, you know, Smith Law San Diego, you know.
2: Right. So so
1: what do I do at this point when I want a URL that's easy to remember, that is reflective of what I do? Maybe I can't have my last name in it.
2: So this, and this, by the way, this is very dependent where you are in the country because Mm -hmm. different states have different perspectives around what you can name the law firm, blah, 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 blah. Naming your law firm is a big deal from an SEO perspective. Okay. I'm having this conversation with someone right now, and this is a strategic question. Are you going to build up the firm as you, right? Like like should should let me let me move it out of legal. Should Mockingbird really be Conrad Somm Consulting, right? Because Conrad's got this big reputation, everyone knows who Conrad is. Or is it something that can live without Conrad, right? And it can be it can be a thing above and beyond Conrad. And it, it, it's a question that you need to think about what your future looks like. And so naming the firm, it, it's it's I think a lot of people don't put enough time into doing that right and thinking about what the future may hold, especially in a very uncertain future. And if you name the firm San Diego Estate Planning Expert, oh, let's not use the word expert, San Diego Estate Planning Legal Resource, right? I hate this, but right now in those local results, that will help you rank in those oh. local results which I hate because now it looks like all the local results and you've got law firms changing their name just to show up specifically. local. It's happening. And so right now, over the last two or three years, like that's a thing, it works. I hate Hmm. it, but it works. I
1: hate it, but it works. So should I put the area of law that I'm practicing if my last name is harder to get to?
2: I'm giving you a specific SEO answer and the answer to that question is Absolutely.
1: Okay. The and I don't that,
2: like it. Again, I hate it hate, well, it. hate it, hate it, but.
1: here's why I think that's a tough decision to make because I cannot tell you, and you probably have the same experience, how many lawyers can't predict their future. So they're going to start out in one area of law and then that's what they focus on. And then either a partner comes on or they meet someone that they, whose law firm they want to join and maybe they're going to change th- the practice, which I'm having this conversation with the firm right now. They're trying to get out of estate planning, more into real estate. And so there's transitioning that happens. So I guess if you decide to do that, really focus on one area, just know that there might be a change in your future. I I just, I, I get it all the time. They don't know. I mean, look know. at how, what is happening right now in the world with lawyers and law firms. Well, all the changes guys, that must be circling, yeah. right? You
2: guys get together and break up like the Kardashians. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> so true. <laughs> and, and sometimes that's really ugly, right? Yeah. I've gotten in the middle of, I've got a client yeah. right now who the last... The last conversation I had with him before he hired us as a client was him threatening to sue me because I was helping out his now former ex partner as they were breaking up, right? Wow. And he came after me. And so, like, it can get very, very ugly. And you don't know what the future holds. You really it's don't. Really difficult. I can tell you. I mean, uh, my own experience. I thought I was going to be a single person SEO consultant, right? And now I'm doing all sorts of things as an agency. Yeah. But you guys don't know what's going to happen. And having that name focus is is problematic. So, sorry, it can having the be. practice area focus within the name can be problematic. Frankly, having the name within the name is problematic because right. Smith and Jones becomes Smith and Smith and Smith and Jones and Smith. Like it's it's it is a It's not easy.
1: It's not easy. Let's take a quick break, listen to some messages from some sponsors, and we'll be right back. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. The legal industry is undergoing a fundamental transformation and the Daily Matters podcast is here to give you a competitive edge. In Daily Matters, Clio CEO Jack Newton interviews prominent legal experts to explore how solo and small firm lawyers can succeed in the current economic environment. To listen, visit clio.com forward slash daily or subscribe to Daily Matters wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back, Conrad. We've had a good conversation so far about naming the website. You should probably have it on WordPress. You, yes. you have some leeway on alternatives. I don't. Talk to me. Um, We were talking a few minutes ago. You were saying, look, if you have $10,000, I think this is really great advice. If you have $10,000, spend as little of that budget in building a nice-looking, non-repulsive website and then spend the rest of your budget driving traffic to that website. One of the terms that you mentioned in our previous conversation was bounce rate. And I Mm. think it's interesting for you. I think that's a great term for you to describe in going back to building a website that is not going to bounce visitors right off the page because it's so unattractive?
2: Sure, so I think there's two elements to bounce, right? And we need to, so this is a, I have a pretty strong opinion on this. So let's start defining it first. A bounce is someone who comes to a website, looks at one page and then leaves, okay? Now, traditionally there's two elements that make this a negative thing. One is if you are a publisher, if you are Avo, for example, you want a low bounce rate because every single time someone opens a page, opens a new page, turns multiple pages, you're adding more inventory, right? You're adding more advertising inventory. So publishers like bounce rate, like a low bounce rate. They focus mm. on having a low bounce rate. The second thing is there was a time when a high bounce rate, the conversation at a high bounce rate was something that Google didn't like. The example is basically, I'm looking for fuzzy bunny slippers, I do a Google search for fuzzy bunny slippers, I click on the fuzzy bunny slipper link, that's number one. I look at that result and I'm like, wow, I really don't like that shade of pink, I'm gonna go back to Google and look for a different fuzzy bunny slipper. And so there was this notion that Google was using that to determine whether or not their initial rank should actually belong to be there, right? You guys are lawyers. And the reality is, let let me give you a different example. I'm looking for an immigration attorney in Seattle. And I type in immigration lawyer Seattle, I click on the first link that I see, I come to this amazing page, I see that Jane is just this amazing immigration attorney who's completely shared my, my own personal experience going through the immigration process, and she is exactly who I want to call. And I call her, and I hire her, and I close the web browser, and I have just bounced, right? I have just looked at one page and left, and that's a bounce.
1: Hmm. And
2: Google knows. But it's a not, win. It's a win. It's a but huge Google win. But Google doesn't know. No, they do know. They do? They do know. So the notion that every single website should perform like a publishing platform is a misnomer. And so I get I get lawyers. So, so there's I, I'm blanking on the name of the theory, but there's this this uh, psychology theory that when you know a little bit about something, you start to feel like you know a lot about it. And I think bounce rate is one of those things where people are like, oh, I get it, I understand it. This is a thing. And so I talk to lawyers about bounce rate a lot.
1: And but I guess ultimately is my goal to prevent a high bounce rate.
2: No, your goal is to get them to call a bloody phone. Okay. Right? And so like if this was a real thing, if this was something that I worried about, I would have the, the phone number obscured from all of my viewers and you'd have to go to a new page to see the phone number. And there would be like like plugins that were like bounce rate on optimizer or bounce rate op- minimizer <laughs> plug-in that sends people over to a new page that looks at a phone number that you then call. No, you don't care about the bounce rate. Okay. You want them to pick up the bloody phone.
1: So how do I make that happen?
2: Well, you have to get them to your site, right? I mean, okay. there's there's two elements to this. You have to get them to your site, and then you have to make it easy to connect with them. So the get to the site is, we talked about this in the previous episode, yep. pay-per-click, Google Local, and SEO. And we haven't talked about the competitiveness of each of those and how to assess that, which we should come back to. But the second thing is, do people want to connect with you, and can they connect with you the way they want to connect with you? And Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I've been doing a ton of training on remote meetings with clients Yep. and lawyers have said, which platform do I get? Do I use Google Meet? Do I use Zoom? Do I use FaceTime? Do I use um, whatever? And I say, you use them all.
2: Kay? Use what they you want.
1: M- use them all. You become an expert in all of them. And when you're engaged in the client, you say, which platform or which video a so, uh, video meeting or service are you most comfortable with? And that's where you go. So I think that's our goal always in legal is help as far as technology experts go is helping to reduce the friction and communicating with the client. Now, in this case, we're communicating with a potentially new client. So what you're saying is you give them all the choices. So click the choices for me, click, click the chat,
2: call, chat, fill out a form, fill out a form or phone call. Most lawyers tell me that I have this conversation at least once a week. I'm amazing once I get someone to talk to me. And so I only want, I, I, I need to talk to them. Like we gotta get on the phone and I can close them because I'm, I'm just amazing. I'm so charismatic and knowledgeable. They're not always charismatic and knowledgeable, but that's a different <laughs> problem. But you, most of you are approaching this from, and I, by the way, I am guilty of this. I did this with my agency for a long time, but most of you are guilty of thinking that the way you like to converse and, right. and, 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 and turn people into clients, is the way you should force people to contact you. The reality is, if I just walked in on my wife with the pool boy, I may not want to pick up the phone in front of my kids. I may want to fill out a form, right? And so you need to make it convenient for your audience to connect with you the way that's convenient for them and and appropriate for them, especially in legal. Especially I agree. Legal. I think
1: we lack a lot of flexibility. It's a very rigid. Profession. I, yeah. I, it's changing a lot, especially over the past couple of months. But I think that's such a great tip to end on because, unfortunately, we've reached the end of our time, as we often do when we're chatting, <laughs> Conrad, which is you know, you have to become, unfortunately, an expert in a lot of things that you might not be comfortable with. And that might be figuring out how to make a website look good, how to get those components on there, or what I tell most lawyers is you should hire somebody to help you, but you really want to be able to ask the right questions and understand what types of reports you want to get from them, what your goals are. When they talk to you about SEO and PPC, you know, get educated beforehand and don't be afraid to ask them in depth if you do find someone that can help you in becoming that expert because you just have to today. You're running a business. Can't sit there and just write checks and not know what's going on. And I love your idea of Meeting the client where they are most comfortable, whether it's through marketing or, you know, in my world of technology consulting. Any last words of wisdom that you wish every lawyer would have in their head when it comes to thinking about marketing? And especially if maybe they're on a budget, which they're all on a budget. They're all all on a budget. (laughs) They should
2: all be on a budget. I, I think the key here is as you are talking to agencies, as you're looking to agencies, I want you listening for the why this channel why seo why pay-per-click and most agencies are hammers looking at the world as a nail i do content so you need content i do Mm -hmm. advertising i do blogs so you've got to have a blog blogs will save the world exactly all like and people look at the world like that because it's convenient for them i think what you really want is a strategic partner who's going to say Don't blog because you don't have the website authority to do it. What you should do is nap. Uh, What you should do is local. Or what you should do, given your situation, is you need to spend as much money as you can on pay-per-click because that's what's going to get you the returns the best. And so look for an agency that is going to look across all the channels that you can use and tell you why they've chosen X, Y, or Z or X, Y, and Z as opposed to this is, you know, you're a nail and I'm a hammer and it's a match made in heaven.
1: I, before I let you go, I do want to ask you to help lawyers with realistic expectations about costs. When they hire a high-end, high-performing agency like yours, can they come to you with a $500 a month budget for marketing? Oh,
2: for a website? Sure. For,
1: oh, but wait, you build websites for free. Yeah. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that because that's a very cool service. But what I mean beyond that is, yeah. well, now I, I really want to work on my... PPC and my SEO, how much is that going to cost me? Right. So yeah, tell us about your free service first and then set some expectations for me. So about we, we talked a little costs. bit
2: about cookie cutter websites. We have, we have our own free cookie cutter website, which we're giving away to lawyers. I don't want to turn this into a pitch session, but it's okay. when COVID came out, I was like, what can we do for our community? Yeah. So we have a WordPress based site called Freco that we're giving away to lawyers through F-R-E- the end of the year. F-R-E-C-H-O. Okay. It's free echo. Because it's our website product called Echo, oh, and we okay so it. made it Freco. Because we're creative cute. like that. Very <laughs> creative. <laughs> kind <Frecko. of> cute. <laughs> so that's one thing. But but really, if you have a five hundred dollar budget, you need to have a bare bones website, and you need to be bidding on your name. And I would probably do anything else outside of that. I would put into my kids' college fund, or maybe into at least on a new BMW. Um,
1: <laughs> so it's not cheap, is what you're saying.
2: It it again. It depends on where you are and what you do, and your budget needs to align with that. I have client. I do have clients who spend five hundred dollars a month on us on a basic website and their name search, right? And that's fine because they're that's they do a they very hate. specific thing, mm-hmm. and that's what they need. What you can't do, and, and I also have clients who spend seventeen thousand dollars a month on SEO alone. I have clients who spend one hundred five thousand dollars a month on pay per click. Um, and I got so, a guy in
1: Florida. That spends yeah. sixty thousand dollars a month. Yeah, that makes it back tenfold. Yeah, I mean, so
2: so it's it, it's very wide for me in general. PI sucks. Criminal defense, actually, PI is great for me. This is all in reverse. PI is expensive. Criminal defense is expensive. Right. Um, mass torts, uh, those types of things are brutal. Um, the further you move away from a large town the better off you are. Um, and the more you move into what I will call extremely fragmented uh, practice areas, uh, typically those look like employment, family. There are very few really large family law players. They're very, it's a zero-sum game. So the bigger you are, the more you have to spend on this stuff mm-hmm. and the more it works uh, as as kind of a flywheel. But to the extent that you are in the more fragmented practice areas, you can get by in a $2,000 budget, right? And you can, you can do well on a $2,000 budget, but- if you're running pi in atlanta your seo budget's 15 grand a month right yep and that's to be effective and what i don't like seeing i've got this right now uh dallas pi their budget is 5 grand for seo and i was okay. like don't bother don't just bother. don't bother put it into something else or you know or or that bmw
1: commercials are actually cheaper than that a radio spot you know radio
2: spot right. branded branded advertising but like don't dip your toe in the SEO pool if you're in a very competitive market because you're just you're just gonna your lose. It'd be like
1: front. me sitting down at a blackjack table. You know, I'm just there to lose my money because I have it's, no idea what I'm doing.
2: You may as well, yeah, like have a gambling problem instead, right? Right. But don't spend it on an SEO agency that's that have never gonna fun get while you you're
1: while you're wasting money. Go get <laughs> get. Your, no, right. we should not encourage anyone to have a gambling problem. I'm sorry.
2: No, no, no sorry. Uh, you guys go to New Orleans the- and hang out with Adriana and yeah. myself.
1: You guys cut that part out of the conversation. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Conrad, it's been really great having you on. I'm, I would say I'll invite you back. It'd be great. I'd love to have you on as a regular, but I'll just send people to your show instead. Remind us one more time about your new podcast on the Legal Talk Network.
2: Yeah, it's Lunch Hour Legal Marketing with Conrad and Guy.
1: I love that. And then also, Guy, rem- sorry,
2: I should say Lunch Hour Legal Marketing with Guy and Conrad because it's really his show that he invited me on. I should be more more gallant than that.
1: Ah, And <laughs> Guy um, is G Y I. His, yeah, his name. You want has, me to spell
2: the last? Yeah, name? Yeah, and
1: Sakalakis is his last name, and he, you know, since we've thrown so many props at him, you might as well make it easy for people yeah. to search for him.
2: It's Geet Sakalakis at AttorneySync. Uh, you can spell his last name T S A L A K I S.
1: That's very good. Which and would he,
2: make a great password if you needed one. Indeed,
1: it would. Hey, I might change all my passwords to <laughs> actually Geet's full name would be great. Yeah, and um, tell everyone how they can find, friend, or follow you. Where are you active?
2: Yeah, I am active. Facebook, LinkedIn, I'm active. Uh, Mostly you can find me through Google because I have that very unique name, ConradSom.com. You can find me that way. If you can't, you should never hire me.
1: And if you're going to search Adriana Linares, make sure you put minus Viola. Otherwise, my alter ego that plays the Viola my Colombian alter ah, ego that plays see. the viola turns up. Yeah, you'd think a name like Adriana Lanier, but you know, Adriana Lanier is kind of like Jennifer Smith in the Latin American Hispanic go. world.
2: <laughs> and that's why, like, that's again, this goes back to our theme of competitiveness. The more competitive it is, the harder it is to deal with.
1: So true. Well, thanks so much again, Conrad. I very Pleasure. much appreciate your time. I know you're super, super busy this morning. Um, and I want to thank all our listeners, again, for listening to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. If you like what you've heard today, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. And tell your friends about my podcast and about Gee and Conrad's podcast, too. We'll see you next time. And remember, you're not alone. You're New Solo.